welcome to Multiverse OQ, your guide to the comic book multiverse. Now in podcast form, I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And this week we're talking about... A lot of things. This week we are talking about three sort of random stories, and it's sort of just like we wanted to tackle the last Greg Shegel what-if story that we needed to uh, add to our list because we interviewed him last week in a episode that is being noted as being very good and deserving of awards by me because I, I think it was a very good episode. It was it's a good deserving episode. Of awards. Do you think it's deserving of awards, Devin? I think so. I think we should be getting some Pulitzers. Yes. Greg, it's Pulitzer supported. So thank you for your help. Gregging it up. Yep. We will make sure to include you in our speech. Mm-hmm. Greg, there are many things that can be said about this Pulitzer Award-winning podcast. One of them is that it is about a comic podcast that we had you on, where we interviewed you. They thought it was so good that they decided to make comics podcast Pulitzering a new category. We could have not done this without you. Thank you, Greg. You probably would have played you off, Luke. You're going a little long. It's the Pulitzers. They don't pay for a band. Or, like, one of those guys with the hooks to pull people off. It's all about going long, Devin. No, they probably have one of the... Like, they probably have Brian Williams just sitting there just starting to yell after a while. The newspaper man? Yes. It took me a while to remember. But uh, yes, first we are tackling What If Volume 2, number 104, which is also known as What If, starring Silver Surfer, which is what if the Impossible Man had the Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, after that, we will be tackling Amazing Spider-Man number 246 from 1983, and then Iron Man Viva Las Vegas from 2008. But what if uh, the Impossible Man wielded the Infinity Gauntlet? Is set on Earth 95397 with uh, words by Thomas Verkaitis, pencils by Greg Schiegel, inks by Steve Moncuse, colors by Matt Webb, with letters by Chris Eliopoulos, and virtual calligraphy. So normally in the Infinity Gauntlet story, Thanos gets the Infinity Gauntlet, kills half of the universe, and the Silver Surfer tries to steal it. He gets away with it, but then Thanos blasts him off his board and gets it back. And in this universe, the surfer takes the gauntlet and is blasted by Thanos, but before Thanos is able to reclaim it, it is grabbed by the Impossible Man. And how familiar are you with the Impossible Man, Devin? Um, vaguely. For those of you less familiar... Usually from the he's... cartoons, actually. Yeah, like that weird mid-2000s uh, Fantastic Four series? Then No. He was in Superhero Squad and Avengers Assemble. I have not watched either of those. Or not Avengers Assemble, um, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, I think he was in. I don't remember him in Earth's Mightiest Heroes. No, then maybe he's in one of the other ones. It, he was, in, he was it, in one of the other shows. I feel like it was more likely that he was in uh, Avengers Assemble just because that was where they seemed to have a lot more... Uh, like access to the Marvel Universe yeah yeah to a bit but yeah uh, he, he was, was definitely in Superhero Aven Squad which was an underrated show he was in Avengers Assemble and Hulk in the Agents of Smash oh yeah he was and have you watched both of those shows Devin? Uh, not for a while yeah, sometime we'll need to cover those. Maybe that's what we can do for uh, Labor Day. We just go through and watch an entire run of a series and live stream it. There we go. And then at the end, we record a podcast where we rank it because that's what we do for these sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Anyways. Uh, so the gauntlet is grabbed by the impossible man who is from the planet pop-up and when he uh, transforms he can turn it into anything it's just going to stay green and purple because those are his colors 
He uh, makes a popping sound. I think the last time we covered a story with him was the uh, Exiles, where he got mind-controlled by the controller and uh, was, like, transforming the entire world. Oh, is that weird, like, little toy world? Yeah. Which was weird because I don't think his power is really to transform other things. Yeah, I didn't Comics. think so, actually, either. Now I just kept mentioning that. Let's well, see. That's not true. I think it, he can. I think that's why everyone hates him. Or maybe that wasn't. Maybe that wasn't the. No, it was definitely impossible, man. Yeah, because okay. he has those lifeless eyes. Yeah, well, the Wikipedia page does not mention him. So. <sighs> Comics for the Exiles issues. Uh, yeah, they don't have it mentioned in other versions on his uh, Wikipedia page. Weird. Gosh, Wikipedia, get it together. Because no, that was that was definitely him. Yep. So, Impossible Man has the gauntlet now, and Thanos tries to kill him and is unable to, and then the entities of the universe show up and demand that he turns it over. The Silver Surfer tries to convince him to uh, turn it over as well, but instead Impossible Man teleports himself away with the Silver Surfer, and he explores the powers of the gauntlet. And, like, one of the things is, this is a issue that's worth reading, it is not on Unlimited. We'll put in a few images, but... Like, part of the joy is Greg just drawing all these weird things that he turns into. Like, he turns into the Beyonder. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, the images for this book were terrific. Yeah, like, Greg is a very good artist because it's very cartoony, but you also need to have someone who can draw everything. In the universe, pretty much literally. Mm-hmm. As it's slowly being changed by the Impossible Man. Yep. And so the Silver Surfer tells him to hand it over, and Impossible Man's like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to do good. And so he tries to convince Silver Surfer by bringing back his lost world of Zenla, which Zenla's its whole own confusing thing, because I think Silver Surfer is cursed to be where he's never going to be able to find his home planet. Yeah. Not, it was actually destroyed. Oh, really? Yeah. Because, like, I think he's found it once, and it was like the entire planet had been taken it over, and it's shown up in a few other series. And then, like, it came back in uh, the current run of the Dan Slot uh, Silver Surfer. Oh, uh-huh. Where his planet was trying to make all of the other planets use in Lavian culture and getting rid of their own. Mm, okay. Yeah. Anyway, Zinla is back, and Silver Surfer finds Shalabal, the woman who he had loved, who he was willing to sacrifice his humanity for. She is excited to see him, and Impossible Man uses the gauntlet to make the rest of Silver Surfer's dream a reality, where he is back to his human form, and he is back to being Norin Rad, even though that's, I guess, not human and it's Zinlavian. Comics. And he's, Norrin's not really sure what's up, but Impossible Man's like, oh, well, I'm going to head off like the genie at the end of Aladdin and do some good things with all these impossible cosmic powers. And back on the planet, the Silver Surfer finds a statue of Mantis, who he used to love, and Shalabal is apparently fine with this. And later on, some kids try to get Norrin's help, and Shalabal threatens to pretty much kill those kids, which Norrin thinks is very weird. That it was. Yeah. So he's feeling uncomfortable on this world because, like, a lot of things are exactly what he wanted, but he's also realizing this isn't the real world, and that's when Galactus calls him, warning that the Impossible Man is threatening the entire universe. So he gives up his dream and turns back into the Silver Surfer, and we find Impossible Man has pinned Galactus to a giant, like, dartboard, and he's been throwing knives at him. Or I guess would that be a knife board? Like those spinning circus things where a guy gets strapped up and you throw knives at him? I mean, I would say it'd probably be more of a knife board since you're throwing knives, not darts, Luke. Yeah, but I'm not sure if a knife board is an actual, like, term. Like, it, it is for, like, cutting things or for, like, storing your knives, but is there, like, a term for those things that you throw knives at? Let's look. Things. You throw knives 
at the circus. Uh, well, here's something. A Wikipedia article called Impalement Arts. Nope, as far as I can tell, there isn't really a term for the board. I guess it's just like a board. Most people are just referring to it as the target. Or the Wheel of Death. The Wheel of Death is the uh, thing that they get strapped onto. Yes. The Wheel of Death. So Galactus is strapped onto this Wheel of Death. And uh, Impossible Man is basically like, yeah, I'm really pissed off that you destroyed my planet. I have infinite cosmic powers. And Silver Surfer brings up the continuity fact that Impossible Man actually had his planet killed by Galactus because he thought it was too horrible that all the other Popopians lived with a collective consciousness and they weren't all individual entities, which is why he had his planet killed. And he's like, oh. Well, now I could have fixed that because I have the Infinity Gauntlet. And it's a conceit of the comic that he can't figure out that he could just bring back that planet all by himself. And instead, Silver Surfer, who he turned into a uh, like Jiffy Pop uh, stovetop popcorn thing, uh, is like, oh yeah, no, if you work together with Galactus, you can return your world. But you're going to need raw materials. And so he has him use uh, Zen La, the uh, fake one that was made. And so the planet pop-up is remade and Impossible Man returns to the world. And Galactus is like, yeah, this isn't really the real pop-up. It's just an illusion. And Silver Surfer's like, it doesn't matter. And I'm going to try and find my real world again. So Impossible Man returns the glove and then all the pop-upians start turning into different heroes and villains who are fighting one another. And that's the end of the issue. It was a good issue. Which, it, it's good, but it just raises a lot of questions oh, for, for sure. me. Because it's like, nobody ever restores the fact that Thanos killed half of the universe. Luke, that's just unimportant. <laughs> those, are, those are NPCs, Luke. Uh, there was, like, a lot of important Marvel characters who died in that series, though. Yeah, but this is a what-if, Luke. Those people aren't important to the Impossible Man. Oh, comics. Yeah, but, uh, it's a very fun issue. It's a good what-if, and, uh, yeah, we will get to ranking this later. Up next, we have an issue that you wanted to have us uh, talk about, which was Amazing Spider-Man number 246, which was written by Roger Stern with pencils by John Romita Jr., inks by Dan Green, letters by Joe Rosen, and there are a few fantasies. Do you want to take lead on this one, Devin? We can. Uh, it's basically four big fantasies. First one stars everyone's favorite black cat Felicia Hardy who's in the hospital recovering when Spider-Man shows up with her costume and he's talking very dashingly which is strange. He wants to help steal some papers from an embassy which is also very unusual for him. Uh, she succeeds, they drop off the papers and receive 500k and head off to go on a fancy ass yacht. As they're heading down to Monaco it's revealed that Spider-Man is secretly Cary Grant which surprises her. And then it turns out that she had just fallen asleep, daydreaming, and is scolded. Spider Grant, Spider Grant, he was in North Northwest. He's Spider Grant to catch a thief, notorious suspicion. Another film, look out! He is a thief in Spider Man, and also Cary Grant. Mm-hmm. Now the real reason that we I had us cover this issue is the second part, which is also the greatest picture from the cover. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson has come in to check on the newspaper. Spider-Man starts showing up, and he starts mocking Jameson, saying that he's the only reason that the paper sells. And what does Jameson do besides wearing a super kick-ass purple tracksuit? He starts beating the absolute hell out of Spider-Man. Uh, Peter catches pictures of this. Marla comes in and starts hugging him and kissing him. He becomes much younger and is then uh, named Publisher of the Century, and everything works out great for him. Oh, and there's the great front page, Publisher Defeats Spider-Menace. Publisher named Cent uh, Publisher of the Century. 
Uh, yeah, publisher defeats Spider-Man as Jameson named publisher of the century. Which, if people go on my Twitter, there's actually the background image for it. So that's where that's from. Yep. How did you stumble on this issue? It was a random issue that I picked up at a trade show because I loved the cover. That's very Devin Brand. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh... Is the Mary Jane one that's ah, yes. really weird. Yeah, it is a weird one. Uh, Mary Jane is on a date with Josh, who is some random filler character, which is true. And then she fantasies that she is the biggest star. Meryl Streep wants to play her in a movie, um, but she isn't good enough. Woody Allen is playing Peter Parker. Uh, Warren Beatty is also playing Spider-Man. But then Gail, Mary Jane's older sister, shows up for the first time with her kids, and she's haunted and snaps out of the fantasy. Which Luke was asking if if that Mary Jane was married at this point in time. No, that had not happened quite yet. I think there had actually been a proposal by now, but she keeps turning Peter down. The proposal where she accepts comes relatively soon after that because Stan Lee was getting them married in the Peter part, the Spider-Man comic strip, and in the newspapers, and Marvel did not want to be outdone, so they did it in both of them. Comics. Comics. And then um, Spider-Man, meanwhile, the one and only Peter Parker, not Cary Grant, is hanging out at Avengers Mansion when he sees JJ. It's an awesome tracksuit. Jameson suddenly is attacked by Doom, Loki, Absorbing Man, and more. Spider-Man sets up his camera, swoops in to save him. The bugle prints a photo of Jameson eating crow by kissing Spider-Man's boot. And uh, Peter wins a Pulitzer for photojournalism, and one of Peter's professors, Dr. Sloan, comes in. And tells him his experimental formula he left when he quit college is a cure for everything, so he's getting an automatic doctorate. Uh, he's suddenly sworn by reporters, so he runs off and switches into a Spider-Man costume, where he gets the key to the city, and the Avengers and the FF want him to join, but Cap Shield reflects and shows he's just Peter Parker, and they all leave him just because he's some lowly nerd. Uh, he wakes up, and when he heard a nerd getting picked on on the streets, he saves a kid who then has a fantasy that he is Spider-Man. It, it's a nice, like, in-between issue, because the previous one was dealing a lot with the Hobgoblin mm-hmm. and a lot of big stories. And then the issues following immediately after also are dealing with big news with the Hobgoblin. Mm-hmm. So we've got five universes from this one. There's Spider-Grant, Jameson Wins, MJ Superstar, Extreme Parker Luck, and Spider Nerd. In none of these universes, even though they're dreams, and even though the Watcher is in the start of this issue, are actually numbered, so they're just going to be Earth question marks. And then the last story we're covering today is Iron Man Viva Las Vegas from back in 2008. It is set on Earth 80734. It was written by the Iron Man movie director Jean Favreau with art by Addy Granov and letters by Chris Eliopoulos. And that Addy Granov art is not very good. Here's my thought on Addy Granov art. I think he's great for covers. I do not think he should be an interior artist. No, because like, as soon as you're trying to do something that looks natural you fall into that uncanny valley where even though, like, Adi Granov is, like, painting all of these panels or at least running a lot of filters in them like he does for the background stuff, yeah. it looks just bad. Like, there's that panel of Iron Man on the uh, plane, and you can tell that it's like, oh, Iron Man would be clipping through the floor in this panel, and he's at, like, a different alignment than everybody else, and the lighting is totally different. Mm-hmm. This is just, like... The, it's not the worst computer-generated art that we've seen, or computer-based art, because no. there is that one weird uh, House of M. What if? Yes. Whereas like uh, Peter was the Green Goblin. Well, then there was that one other one too. There's one What if we did, where like it was like the very basics of um, computer-generated art was like being used for like the first time and was like horrible. I've blocked that out of my memory. There's just one image. I can't actually recall what the hell it was about. It was one of the space ones. Hmm. Those were like the 90s that we did. 
but yeah, I like Adi Granov's art when he does it for covers. I just don't think he should do interior work because I feel like, I feel like he is like what's his name? Who's the other guy who does like a bunch of covers, Luke? Oh, uh, and did Marvels? Alex Ross? Yeah, I think Alex Ross does better. I thought you were going to say uh, Greg Land. No, it's not Land. It's what's his name? Or maybe it is Land. No, Greg Land is bad. Uh, Greg Horn. Yes. Greg Horn. No, yeah, Greg, Greg Horn, Horn is. General. God, yeah. Oof. Greg, Greg artists in comics. Why can't you be more like a... Greg Schiegel? Oh, two, yeah, you need two Gs. You need two Gs to be an OG. <laughs> you can put that on your business card, Greg. Uh, but yeah... So it was initially supposed to be a four-issue Marvel Knights series, and only two issues came out for reasons. And it like happened to the point where Marvel decided that, oh yeah, no, stores can actually return these issues. But it was very confusing for me because when I started at the comic store, I think we had a few issues of these somehow. Like, on the shelves. And, uh, like, I never understood where the other issues were because comics are awful. So Elsa That's Bloodstone, weird. which who... is still just weird. Yeah, I'm surprised like Marvel didn't be like, "Yo, finish this," especially to, or at the very least, like he didn't have to be the writer, but at least just have him like tell someone else like what the end game was gonna be. Because let's be real, I this was not a complex storyline. He could have easily have finished a... it in like five sentences. Oh yeah, I have a feeling that like Granov might have been the reason, or like some of the feedback from the art. Or, like, they just didn't think that it was working at all. But, yeah, it, it's... No, but here's it, the thing, though. Just... For when how long it takes for issues to get made on such, the entire series should have been done before they started shipping it. Comics. And Granov still gets work with Marvel. Yeah, but it's mostly, like, cover, or he did, like, the designs for Iron Man the movies. Yes. Well, that's how they know each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Elsa Bloodstone, who in this universe is based more on the original version as opposed to the Great Next Wave version. Like, originally she was like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but here she's like a weird Indiana Jones is brought to this temple to look at a dragon, and she's like, yeah, my boss is going to want to buy it. Tony is meanwhile flying on a Stark airline jet, and a terrorist got a bomb vest on the jet. So Tony switches on his Iron Man suit, and I can't tell if people are supposed to know if Tony is Iron Man or not in this universe. I feel like the answer was no. Yeah. Mostly from that the next scene where those girls wanted to hook up with Iron Man. Yeah. And they didn't seem to know that Tony Stark was Iron Man. Yeah, so he puts on his suit and uh, flies the terrorist out. And the terrorist blows himself up, which deals no damage to Iron Man. And then the passengers are angry about him letting the terrorist kill himself instead of trying to negotiate. Yeah, this was weird. um, First off, this is a post-9-11 book. And And also, it's... passengers would be saying that. Yeah, and I mean, it's like... And this isn't like no, the normal yeah. like hostage t- situation where it's like they show up on a plane with a gun. He has a suicide vest on. How the hell did he get that on even? Well, also there's that too. And the art here is so bad because there's like the panel where Iron Man is flying him out and he's like, oh, but it looks like he's like, eh. Yep. <sighs> there are like very few comics that do like the sorts of poser inspired art done i think that uh zombie hunters by jenny romnichuk which i remembered randomly because i was just going through a bunch of the old work that i had done did a good job but that was she used it for pose references and was not just like tracing over this stuff Mm -hmm. and like the final art looks like something different anyways uh tony is frustrated and flies off to las vegas where his golden dragon casino is being opened and they are rebuilding the uh, dragon statue which is strangely causing lizards to flood into the town. Meanwhile, Tony invites some tattooed women up to his room, and they just want to meet Iron Man. Pepper calls Tony down because of the lizards, and the dragon's eyes light up. 
Elsa Bloodstone has come to meet Tony because she thinks that she caused the lizards by stealing the giant dragon statue and also she's just dressed very impractically like she's wearing a like duster not a duster like a dress shirt like an Indiana Jones shirt but she has like visibly no bra on and I mean that's gotta be painful and awful for, for like support and for running around places like Elsa take care of yourself anyways so she talks about this curse where there's going to be a plague of vermin check the mighty one will awaken and then the great chieftains will rise from their graves she thinks it's connected to the giant dragon who she helped to steal and didn't do any damn research on before and she wants to study it now so tony invites her to the gala and gives her a dress and blatantly wants to screw her it, it's this comic is just not very good so they go to the gala she looks at the dragon and it rises and introduces itself as fin fang foom and tony has apparently met fin fang foom before in this universe he leaves elsa with happy hogan switches to iron man in a cheap motel that he has to like rent out a room in for some reason even though it's like you own the goddamn casino tony you should be able to run into your casino and find a room where you can change. Also, where were you staying at? Because in mm -hmm. the in the in the um, issue before, when he was having like dinner with Elsa, it very much seemed like the Dragon Hotel was the hotel next door. Yeah, or like they were meeting in the hotel. It's not a very good comic. So, uh, it's like, sir, it's like you only have to go like 10 feet to get back to your room. People keep reminding Tony, it's like, you own all of this stuff. You don't need to make a big deal out of this. And, uh, he saves a roller coaster from Fin Fang Foom derailing it. And then the third issue is canceled. So we're going to each offer our own pitches for the conclusion. So I'll let you go first, Devin. Well, I'm going with a much more probably realistic approach than what Luke is probably going to go with. If I would have to guess, he would keep battling Fin Fang Fuman throughout the entire next issue. Probably borderline the entire issue. But then we would have to have the big um, people come back. I would assume it would probably be some weird take on the Mandarin. Tony would not know who he is, but then I would say his magical rings would have something to do with the archaeology. Also, Bloodstone would then be able to help Tony like utilize this and find ways to counteract it. And then he would ultimately destroy them. And I would assume he would probably just like cut the head off of Fin Fang Foom like the, or like the statue type thing. And that would cause Fin Fang Foom to die. You know, you, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I mean, I, I think... Uh, do you want to give like three guesses for what you think elements are going to show up in my pitch? I honestly have no idea, Luke. I'm assuming it's going to be some <laughs> weird time-traveling adventure. Oh, no. Jeez. So, Tony tussles with Fin Fang Foom, trying to mitigate the damage that's being caused by the dragon and the uh, casino he has. Meanwhile, Elsa has ended up running back to her room instead of staying in the limo and has retrieved her supplies. A shovel, a shotgun along with her boots and her trench coat from Next Wave, because if you're going to bring in Elsa Bloodstone post-Next Wave, it better be Next Wave Elsa Bloodstone. Unfortunately, as she tries to leave, it turns out that uh, Fin Fang Foom's magic also ended up uh, transforming Kurt Connors, who is there, who turns into the lizard, so she has to deal with fighting the lizard. Tony, meanwhile, gets pushed back around as uh, Foom summons the dead chieftains, which ends up bringing back a bunch of the dead soldiers who had uh, fought in the war for Las Vegas as undead zombies who are attacking along with the lizards, which, because of the magic, have started growing to a massive size and mutating. Tony's armor is failing, and he is forced to retreat into the hotel to protect himself and also get more armor, but it has to come all the way from California. Elsa, meanwhile, pushes the lizard out of the building and is now surrounded on the streets by these zombies who are riding giant lizards and lets loose the wonder that is Elsa Bloodstone with a shovel and a shotgun. She ends up grabbing a loose Iron Man gauntlet and starts blasting them until Foom knocks her away. Tony realizes he needs to do something in the meantime before the suit comes up, so he runs out and saves her, but he gets picked up by Fin Fang Foom, 
who reveals that Tony is Iron Man, revealing his identity to the general public. As Tony is struggling to escape, Elsa is able to sneak up onto Fin Fang Foom and shoot off its head, disrupting the weird armor that I guess makes up Fin Fang Foom and disrupting his body. Tony ends up using the armor that has finally shown up to fly the uh, helmet slash head of Fin Fang Foom back to the temple where it used to be in China, and the rest of Foom's body falls behind it. With the body sent away, the zombies fall apart and the lizards shrink back and disperse. Tony tries to get a kiss from Elsa and instead she presents him with the bill for her services and exclaims, The bloodstone fortune wasn't earned from stealing treasures. We made it from saving the idiots who wanted them in the first place. And Tony writes the check and he's learned a valuable lesson about his avarice having drawbacks. How's that for Luke Brown? I like that. Mm-hmm. I I have. It's weird how he brought in Elsa Bloodstone, and did such a strange version. Yeah, but I have a feeling that like the book was very loosely edited. Oh, for sure. It was just. It was just like, oh yeah, this guy wants to uh, write this one. The man who's about to make our multi-billion-dollar fran- who's about to kick off a multi-billion-dollar franchise wants to write a book yeah let him do what he wants mm-hmm. and so we'll rank the actual series and then Devin and uh, my uh, endings for it here's what but, I'll say uh, though because yeah. you kept telling me it was like the worst thing you've ever read I actually didn't think it was quite as terrible as you did but it's not the worst thing that I ever read but I just kept getting distracted by new awful things oh that's it. fair because as I kept reading it was just like I mean it's not good, but this isn't like the worst. No, but it's it it had no reason to be published, and I think if it was someone's like, it feels like someone's first attempt to write a comic. Probably because it was. Yeah. But again, <sighs> Luke, you were not about to kick off a multi-billion-dollar franchise. <laughs> if you're doing that, uh, hey, you can probably do what you want. Sentai Slasher Summer Camp is coming along, Devin. Sentai Slasher Summer Camp is coming okay. along. So we got a bunch of universes to rank on Trials of the Multiverse. So are you ready to get these rankings, Let's buddy? do it. So first we had one if Impossible Man had the Infinity Gauntlet, which is Earth 95397. And uh, some of these other universes are ranked pretty high as far as like where we have them on here for the uh, Greg Shegel ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, our lowest is uh, Secret Wars 25 years later which I feel this one is definitely better yes. than. Uh, how do you feel about it compared to uh, the we just have bigger Secret Wars. I don't remember what that one is. But right above that is the American Civil War Captain America. How do you feel it's about it compared that. to American Civil A lot better or only a little better? Uh, quite a bit better. Uh, do we want to like look at Tony Stark's Sorcerer Supreme area? Or not that It's not high? as good as that one. Uh, how do you feel about it compared to uh, Hollywood Spider-Man? Not as good as that. Um, Punisher used a water gun. Better than that. Yep, I'll agree with that. So our new number 42 is Earth 95397 Impossible Man plus Infinity Gauntlet. Up next we have five universes from the uh, Earth question uh, mark the uh, Spider-Man dream issue. Uh, Up first is Spider-Grant. Which was pretty good, though not the best thing. Nope. How do you feel about it compared to the classic six-armed Spider-Man who thought he was just like Helen Keller? Um, not quite as good. Uh, compared to the Mojoverse? I like it more than the Mojoverse. So a new number 59, 10 away from nice, is Earth? Question mark. Spider-Grant. In brackets, Cary Grant, 
Uh, after that, we have Jameson Wins, and I think this one's going to rank pretty high for us. Very high. Okay. Is it better than Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane? Mm, no. Uh, is it a very close one? Because right under that is Valiant High Universe. Is it top 10 material? I don't know. I would say it's still not good, quite as good as Valiant High. How about The Prince of Arachne? I like it more than Prince of Arachne. I would agree with that. Uh, how about the Once and Future Marvel fan fiction? I would say it's better than that. Uh, Wonder World. Yeah, yeah it's better than Wonder World. Mm-hmm. So then is it better than Morph's Homeworld? I would honestly say yes. Um... I don't want to put it above DC 1 million. That's fair. So our new number 11 is... Earth... Question mark... Jameson wins. We then have MJ Superstar, which is another question mark. This one wasn't as good. It was very weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you feel about it compared to what if Aunt May became the Punisher? Not as good. Uh, Marvel. It's not as good as Marvel Comics and the National Endowment for the Arts presented Spidey Intellectual oh, Stories. No. So is it much lower than that? Um, decently. How do you feel about it compared to Marvel Universe Live? Well, no, no, it's it's not that. Good. It's not that good. Yeah. Luke, are you gonna go to the sequel? <sighs> It depends where I am financially, but probably. I'm going to go to the sequel. Uh, Wait, how much are tickets for where you are? I don't know, and I mean I might be able to get free tickets. Okay, uh, Spider-Man anatomically... Just in Columbus and not drive all the way to Michigan. Yeah. I was going to say it's like 15 bucks where we are. Oh, nice. If you want the uh, nosebleeds. How... Oh, well, I got like decent $40 tickets last time. Oh, okay. How do you feel about it compared to Spider-Man anatomically correct web shooters? Not as good. But are we getting closer? Closer. Or still lower? I'm looking for other Spider-Man stories. Uh, Spider-Man married the Black Widow. I like it more than that. Uh, And I like it less than T.A. Shepard's Galacula. So our new number 228 is Earth question mark. Mary Jane Superstar. We then have Extreme Parker Luck, which I think was very good because it is like Spider-Man cranked up to 11. Oh, yeah. Uh, How do you feel about it compared to Hollywood Spider-Man? It's better than that. Uh, How do you feel about it compared to Spider-Man Assassin? Um, I even like it more than that. How do you feel about it compared to Spidey Universe? Which one? Oh, Spidey. Spidey. Um, not as good. I should know better than that. Okay, we are getting uh, relatively high. Uh, Venom Punisher. Not as good. Uh, Aquaman fought Octo God. Better. So our new number 24 is Earth, question mark, Extreme, Parker, Luck. And then we have Spider-Nerd, which was very much a throwaway idea. I mean, I like the idea that anybody could be Spider-Man, but... Agreed. How do you feel about it compared to Storm and Norman? Uh, I like it better than Storm and Norman. Uh, Jameson Spider-Man, where uh, John Jameson was Spider-Man. Not as good. Oh, oh wait, wait, no, that was the uh, one where, uh, that was the uh, John Cullen comic where Spider-Man wanted pictures of Jameson. Not as good. Not as good. Uh, the X-Men Lost Inferno? Better than. Okay, so our new number 145 is Earth, question mark, 
spider nerd fantasy and then we have three more which are earth 0734 earth zero or, or earth 80734 earth 80734d and earth 80734l so where do you think the main iron man las vegas viva las vegas goes Nah, uh, kind of low yeah uh how do you feel about it compared to Uh, Iron Man had a eating disorder. It's worse than that. Uh, compared to Weapon X Iron Man. Better than? Uh, compared to Weapon X Hyperion? Mm, worse than. So Earth A0734 is our new number 248. Viva Las Vegas Iron Man OG. And then we have yours, which, uh, you know, I think was pretty good. It's at least better than a lot of these. So I like it more than Iron Man had an eating disorder. How do you feel about it compared to Yokai Spider Man? Better than. Uh, how do you feel about it compared to the Vampire Avengers? Better than. Compared to Spider-Man was Man-Spider. Not as good. Uh, compared to Pandapool? Better than. So our new number 130 is Earth 80734D. Viva Las Vegas. Devon. Comma. Mandarin and stuff. And then we have Earth 80734L, which, uh, where are you feeling about that compared to yours? I'm kind of feeling like around like Spidey Baby territory. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Might even be worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Welcome to the last episode of Multiversal Q <laughs> with Devin. I'm now replacing him with Matt Wilson. Um... <laughs> you gotta inflate my ego, otherwise you gotta edit this podcast. Um, I mean, I don't know. You can probably go higher than mine. Uh, how do you feel about it compared to Marvel Comics and the National Endowment for the Arts presented Not as good. intellectual stories? Uh, Michelangelo was an orange lantern. Not as good. Because do you recall, you still have two crummy issues that you started off with, Luke. That is true. But I did bring back OG-style Elsa Bloodstone. Yeah. And there's zombies and lizards. Okay, I think it's better than American Civil War Batman. Yeah. There, my ego is satisfied. Earth 80734L. Viva Las... Vegas, Luke, Elsa, Bloodstone, Zombies on Lizards. Yeah, I'm surprised I didn't put together Mandarin, but it was also like, I realized yesterday that there had been the Battle World Inferno arc, and I didn't use like any of that knowingly as inspiration for the uh, high school arc of uh, Exiled, mm -hmm. so... You know, sometimes you don't think about things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Xavier Files hit 666 followers yesterday, so he ended up live-tweeting all of that. Nice. And now we got questions to answer, so are you ready for I'm this? I'm ready. Okay. So our first one that we have comes from... I'm pulling it up, and I have a bunch of questions that got put in because I was on Xavier Files' podcast. Uh, okay. JJJBUNews, who is J. Jonah Jameson, asks If I was a hero, because, or if I was a hero, my name would be Victory because I never lose. Discuss. You would be greatest hero of all time. End discussion. 
Okay. Our uh, next question is, why does the cover to Amazing Spider-Man number 246 make me so erect? Which comes from JJJ Bugle News as well. It's because you're a healthy man with no boner problems. And it happens to all of us. Specifically with that cover. So it's fine. Uh, those are Xavier Files questions. Ah, Xavier Files wants to know verbatim, what were Devin's notes for that Iron Man issue? What I read. Uh, on the uh, podcast, <laughs> I read the uh, summary that you sent over last night. I think that was in bonus content. Oh, nice. The, uh, <laughs> yes. The, uh, because uh, I forget how the conversation went, but, uh, oh, yeah, I was like, I'm finishing out notes and then got to read books for that. And you were like, here's your notes. Tony is going to bang some tattooed chicks and pepper box that. And then he meets Elsa Bloodstone, who he equally wants to bang. She has brought a, dra- yeah, she has brought a dragon statue. Lizards appear. The statue's fin-fang foom. Oh, and he stops the terrorist, but everyone hates him for it, even though this is a post-9-11 book. Now hear how we think Fin Fang Foom got his ass kicked. And then you replaced, or you fixed the spelling of here. And then I sent you that image of the uh, Council of Crosstime Draculas, because they had the one from uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, the weird-ass Dracula. Oh, yes, it has. And then our last question that we have is also from Xavier Files. What deserves more press, that new T-Swizzle track or the new Queens of the Stone Age LP? New Queens of the Stone Age LP. New T-Swizzle track, the chorus was weak. I was actually very disappointed with that. I keep hearing people refer to it as powdered lemonade. Alright, hot take from Devin. Lemonade is overrated. As is, like, Beyonce in general, but... Man, that's my hot take for the day. But yeah, no, when she actually says the like chorus and like the title of the track in that new T-Swizzle song, it is not very good. The rest of it is Kanye apparently has like broken her and she is like gone crazy now. But the new Queens of the Stone Age album for all the way through was very good. Do, 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 do. I went to Electric Fetus yesterday and picked it up on record and played Overwatch while listening to it. Nice. So, uh, yeah, I think that wraps us up for this week. Um, Devin, anything else you want to add? Nope. You? Uh, next week, we're covering Superman's secret identity for our sort of good, good heroes week or good, good heroes month of September, followed by more exiles, followed by Dr. Doom became a hero. If you are a backer, or if you just want us to have us cover, like, another one-shot, you can send in suggestions for uh, that. And then we're wrapping that up with Superman, Whatever Happened to Man of Tomorrow. And then we're uh, hitting Bat-tober in October. And then, you know, we're going some other weird places. Mm -hmm. Because November has Thor and the Punisher uh, and the Justice League movies coming out, so. Yay! comics uh multiverse of q is a weekly podcast it is brought to you by listeners like you and our patreon sponsors where for as little as a dollar a month you can get bonus content we've already recorded our bonus content for this week which is us talking about suspiria which may be relevant for reasons as well as movies that we have uh talked about and some other comic stuff you also get episodes of exiled early and other various good things uh, you can find more about that, and you can also see the image gallery for this and for most of our episodes, and I'm also going to be doing some updates to the Multiversal Q website at multiversalq.com. We're also on Twitter. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave us reviews online. Those help other people find us without us needing to invest more money into that. And, uh, you know, it also lets us know what you think we should improve on. You can also message us at multiversalq at gmail. And generally, we just love interacting with you, though typically if you're going to send us messages through those social medias, 
it is going to be me who you are interacting with. Uh, beyond that, that Michael B work. messaged us the other day, and I responded, and gave oh, a very, uh, which is very obviously for me because it's like the most opposite answer that you would have given. On where? He sent us a direct message. It was about the what's it called? It was about the sentry. I said sentry sucked. Oh, okay. I didn't remember sending that one, and then I responded to the question about King Hyperion. So, you're getting both guns. We should also respond to Akira the Don because he sent us messages about his new track that yeah, came but out he's, from the hot, but hot summer 2017. Every once in a while, that. Yeah. Well, it's technically his intern who spams. But, you know, he's got that good social media presence. Yes. So, Devin, where can people find you online beyond the Multiversal Q Twitter? You can also find me online at FredFet, that's F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. And Luke, where can people find you? You can find me online at Coltreg, that's K-O-L-T-R-E-G, or at LukeHair.com, which... Updates? Question mark. We are also both on the Exiled podcast, which is starting a new arc next week. For all of you people who are not backing us, it's going to be Montage. So it's going to be a bunch of short stories, which isn't really a montage, but, you know, it sort of is. Not really. Um, yeah, so thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. And until then, this one's for Hank. <laughs>